0: KQED. Good morning and happy new year. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. After having a baby, new mothers often feel pressure to return to the pre-pregnancy lives and bodies. But as KPCC's Jackie Fortier reports from LA, this pressure can take a toll on both mental and physical health during one of the most vulnerable periods of a person's life.
2: Soon after Megan Gearhart gave birth in 2016, acquaintances were quick to congratulate her on her appearance.
1: I looked really good postpartum. Like, my baby weight did not stick around.
2: She may have looked like she'd snapped back, but physically and emotionally, she was suffering. During the birth, Gearhart, who lives in Pomona, experienced an obstetric fistula, a hole torn between her anus and vagina. Her rectal sphincter was also completely severed. As a result, she couldn't control her bowel movements.
1: Inwardly, I feel gross and I smell all the time and I don't want to leave the house and I'm fairly ashamed.
2: For insurance reasons, Gearhart had to wait for corrective surgery. She spent months raising a newborn while also struggling with incontinence.
1: I cried a lot during those seven months. I was really happy to have this baby,
2: but it was really, it was really hard to not feel normal. She didn't want to tell strangers about her condition, but felt pressured to hang out with other new moms. And none of the doctors, who knew what she was going through, asked about her mental health.
1: I had this schism where I was outwardly, everything looks fine, and I have this baby that I've wanted for years, but inwardly, I'm really a mess.
2: Scroll through Instagram and TikTok, and you'll see the immense pressure on postpartum women to look and act like pregnancy and birth never happened. It's known as snapback.
3: The wellness being projected postpartum in this snapback framework, it's really about appearance. It's very much geared towards what you can post.
2: That's Priya Batra. She's an OBGYN in L.A. She says the pressure to lose weight quickly can make birth injuries worse and healing harder.
3: Both the strenuous exercise and the diet questions I get really are focused on quick weight loss um, and changes in the physical appearance. And they really don't align with the kind of nutrition you're looking for to support things like breastfeeding, to support things like healing after potentially a surgery.
2: She emphasizes better support for services like home visiting programs and doulas.
3: These great things that exist to support that role transition postpartum, because I think as a society, we ask you to snap back into every other piece of your life.
2: The burden of returning to work, for example, coupled with comments from family or friends about a new mother's appearance can be a toxic mix. A lot of it comes down to, like, this idea of shame, that if you're struggling, then it it means that you're not doing it well enough. Angela Incalingo-Rodriguez studies weight stigma both during and after pregnancy. She's an assistant professor at Worcester Polytechnic Institute. She's found it can cause concerning consequences. Things like increased risk for postpartum depression, less comfort, less intention to seek help with breastfeeding behavior. It was ironically related to more weight gain over the pregnancy and then more weight retention after having the baby. Cutting out social media is almost impossible, but dialing it back could help. We don't yet know what type of content is actually empowering, actually uplifting, actually supportive, versus which types of content just perpetuate this cycle of creating unrealistic expectations and making you feel comparatively less. Turning away from social media helped Megan Gearhart. Instead of Instagram, she read Korean comics during late night feedings. She also limited her Google searches related to her fistula and surgery
1: that's going to calm me down a little bit and put me into more of a soothing state of mind than like a hyper state of mind.
2: Six years after her corrective surgery, her condition has improved. She still has occasional leaks and carries a spare pair of underwear with her wherever she goes.
1: I had a baby. I had a fistula (laughs) and I healed. And at the end of it, I was just a different person.
2: Gerhart says speaking about her related depression and hearing from other women with fistulas would have helped. And to learn that over time her body would recover, it would just be different. For The California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles.
1: Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book.
0: For many of us, the new year means setting resolutions and goals for 2023. But for one immigrant who's now living in the Bay Area, it means rehabbing his life following a long stint in prison. The California Report's Keith Mizuguchi spoke with him about his continuing fight.
3: Last month, we brought you the story of Sal Prasad, an immigrant from Fiji who grew up in the Central Valley. Prasad got into an argument outside a market in Modesto in 1994 and ended up shooting and killing another person. Yes, I made a horrible, horrible decision and choice. After he was convicted of second-degree murder, Prasad spent 27 years in prison. But he never gave up hope during that time. When I started seeing people go home that I never thought would go home, I was like, wait a minute. If they can get out, I can get out. And he did, last year after he was granted parole. But he was immediately transferred to an immigration and customs enforcement facility, where he was detained for more than 15 months. It was 15 months of pure hell. Pure hell. Prasad said, unlike prison, where there's often a chance to rehabilitate yourself and possibly get paroled early, that's just not the case in ICE detention. But last month, he was finally granted bond and released from custody.
4: It was really emotional. I was crying all the way back. All the way back. It's just... Unstoppable tears just pouring down. It it was just a feeling of a sense of relief.
3: Prasad has been able to visit family and friends and is currently in transitional housing in the Bay Area. But there's still that threat of possible deportation. So he and many of his supporters have asked for Governor Gavin Newsom to pardon him, which would end the threat of being shipped out of the country and back to Fiji. I'm going to work. I'm I'm going to start work here in a couple weeks. And I'm going to show him that, look, your decision isn't going to be in vain. We reached out to the governor's office and they said the issue of pardon applications is a private matter. They did say that the governor regards clemency as an important part of the criminal justice system and carefully reviews each application. For the California Report, I'm Keith Mizuguchi.
0: Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Stanford Healthcare alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now is the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better. On the web at SchmidtFutures.com. And that's the California Report for Monday, January 2nd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.